0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University.
1: I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, vice president for innovation
0: and communication. And we're excited today to introduce our guest, Michael King. Michael is an executive coach, speaker, and entrepreneur. He is also the founder and CEO of Teams Coach, a digital platform that maximizes executive coaching experiences. It's an honor to have you on the podcast today, Michael.
2: Hey, thank you so much, guys.
0: Uh, to get our conversation started you've almost uh, you know you've had almost twenty years of hands-on experience leading teams and and leading or uh, organizations right now we're in the middle of what is called the great resignation where leaders seem to be quitting jobs more than ever what do you think is the main reason for that why are people leaving the workforce
2: uh, well people are leaving the workforce because somewhere along the way in the last in the last few years we had an opportunity in which we found out the things that are really important for us as, as just as people, as human right. beings, and being able to readjust our, our value systems and our priorities. And we also found out that there was this massive shift of who actually had the power paradigm or the power posture within the uh, within the employment. Team environment. So um, now we're looking at a, a space to where it's not just necessarily the organization that's that's laying down, you know, the the value, the the, uh, the the vision, the mission, the infrastructure, and just keeping those things important. Now it's is it is a little bit more along the lines of the benefit of actually being affiliated with that organization and what type of flexibility does an organization have to attract top level talent and keep them. So there's a lot that has shifted, and a lot of it has to do with positioning.
1: Love. It. I love that idea that, that what organizations need to be thinking about is the brand that they have of being affiliated with them, right? Like organization of the future, being able to attract top tier talent is all about how that top tier talent feels about working for your organization. So that's where you see things like everybody loves to work for Google or Apple because it's it's a status symbol. How can organizations begin tailoring their culture, their image to create that kind of attractional brand?
2: That's a that's a that's a really good question, and it everything always trickles down from top tier leadership. Mm -hmm. So you know the things that we make visible are the things that we ended up replicating, and the things that we make visible are the things that we end up attracting. So you know even here uh, within you know Southeastern University and um, and just the things that you guys are doing in leadership, those things eventually are going to attract your top level um, team members, but it's also going to attract the people that want to be a part of educational institutions that are like that as well. So again, I, as me, for me, as just a singular person, I'm just not going to be super attracted to our organization that doesn't actually have leadership that represents and keeps their vision, uh, and value systems on display at, at, at Mm -hmm. senior levels of leadership, just, it's just not going to happen. And I think more and more than that, you're finding that there's this, uh, there's this equal opportunity of internal influence and external influence that every senior leader needs to be aware that Mm. they are responsible for, um, internal influence. Okay. How am I leading my team and making sure that my values and my vision are, are, are what we call snackable, like Mm. they're catchable internally. Right. Right. But then externally as well, it's like, okay, like, what are we doing to make sure that everybody feels this externally Mm -hmm. as well? Yeah, uh, invis- those are big deals.
1: Invisibility is so important in this context, right? And I think a lot of leaders. We, we've always known that you need to be visible as a leader, but we live in a day and age where literally the top tier CEOs are tweeting every single day. So I feel like I can see them, even if it's not quite real, because we know it is social media. How can leaders take proactive efforts to be more visible across the board?
2: you know the thing is is this is that i and i've you know i've been in the church world for a while i've been in in the in the enterprise space for a while i've been coaching leaders for for a couple decades and i would say this is that one of my biggest takeaways over the last 5 years is that credibility is the new charisma mm. and that there's such there's such a big uh, type A personality driven leadership, sometimes narcissistic model that seems to get most of the attention five years ago. Now all of a sudden it's shifting to where it's like, okay, we need to make sure that you're putting your money where your mouth is. We want to know that you truly, really are standing for the things that you, that, that you say that you do. And we want to see that that you're a results driven organization and, and not just necessarily uh, an organization that has you know, good, good values and principles and things like that at its base. But are you actually having the results and credibility to right. back up your positions?
0: Yeah, well said. You know, a lot of it seems like uh, a lot of leaders are struggling in the work workplace because there seems to be a little bit of lack of mental health integration and the importance of understanding that dynamic. What are some ways that companies and employers can advocate for mental health in the workplace? And maybe what needs to be changed?
2: Um, well, first and foremost, is again, I, I think making make making um, mental health uh, a priority at senior levels of leadership and building that into your core foundational practices within within your leadership teams and taking away any type of stigma that uh, that surrounds mental health is a big deal. Um, I approached burnout pretty pretty hard fast, being an executive pastor of a large mega megachurch, um, and it wasn't an aware. I wasn't aware that some of these things were uh, were happening in my life. I knew immediately um, as soon as I I stepped out of ministry and started working with a counselor and some executive coaches, I knew exactly the moment that I probably needed it needed to initiate. And those are some of the biggest things that I advocate now is, is just making these things normalized within your team culture and taking away any type of uh, Stigma or swear word type right, <laughs> type sure, of sure. Uh, you know mentality when it comes to a mental health, um, you have to take care of your mental health just like you're taking care of your physical health and in your intellectual energy those things, uh, and your spiritual health. It has to be, has to be a holistic approach. And so, even like with some of the clients that I'm currently working with right now we've actually gotten to a place to where of offering in uh, specific time breaks during the week to to where team members can say, hey, these are times for mental breaks, Mm -hmm. getting connected with a counselor, taking uh, my Thursday afternoon for self-care. So going to the gym and making sure that that's built in for to meet with a counselor or whatnot. um, Those are big deals.
1: Yeah, love it. Tell us a little bit about your work with, with Teams Coach and how your experiences as a senior pastor you talked about spurred you to start this company and what it does. Well, I was an executive
2: pastor and, um, I came in, I started working, uh, as, and as well as a worship leader. So I, my personal strength that I, I had always been the guy that was a really, really strong number two, that was able to take the vision of my number one and to go, okay, let's blow this thing up. You know, let's figure out how to put the systems and structures into place and build teams. And I love building teams and kind of coming across those, the dynamics that I felt that were missing along the ways, as far as what made it possible for for us to build leadership pipelines that had thousands of people in them, empowering volunteers, but also empowering staff to help them become disciple makers and leadership Mm -hmm. um, makers, uh, not just people that were doing tasks, but actual owners of the vision and the mission. And so um, after sitting in in those seats for for probably, I don't know, probably 15 years or so, Mm -hmm. had some opportunities open up uh, to work with uh, some organizations in the enterprise space. And it all happened really organically, in that um, really trying to figure out um, when you when you're leading teams that are that are being that are that have results that there's high levels of emotional intelligence, there's a contagious energy and ownership of the vision and the mission that are happening within the teams, then um, there's something absolutely special and spectacular that ends up happening. Um, now, flip side of that is that we've also seen. So many teams go through and so many leaders go through just this absolute horrible experience of not getting the results that you want, Mm -hmm. feeling like you're approaching burnout, feeling like your vision's limited, feeling like um, you don't necessarily know what to do next, and knowing how you can surround yourself with the right people and making sure that your teams are built in a way to where they're healthy and they produce organic growth. Um, so we built this team's methodology that we use in our executive coaching and I use with every single team. We use it in our app, Mm. uh, as well. And this has just been something that was, it was built by design, but it's also something that just happened organically as well. Um, and so we can talk about that too. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about this methodology. How does it work? What, what, what do people go through here? Well, we found out
2: that, um, just through, I mean, through tons of data research but also just through um, through real life processes that there's these five specific areas of team development that we focus on so t actually stands for targets so it's a, it's a, it's an acronym so identifying your bullseye to where everybody on the team clearly understands Okay, where what are we trying to hit? What is what is the one specific thing that we're trying to accomplish this week? What is the bullseye? Uh, the second part of that is engagement. Now, this is where emotional health happens on your team. Emotional health and engagement to where there's three specific questions: How am I? How am I currently connecting with my direct report on a scale of one to ten? How am I connecting with my peers on a scale of one to 10? And then on a scale of one to 10, how well do I feel like I'm connecting with my audience? Mm -hmm. Having that analytical data just alone, like out of everything else that I'm actually talking about today, having those three pieces Mm -hmm. of unbiased information uh, measured on a week-to-week basis and tracked, it has been a game changer for Mm. for people. Um, The A stands for action steps. What's the one thing that you're doing today that's gonna help you achieve your target? Momentum, momentum's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. We don't look at momentum as like what more can we do. We look at momentum of, hey, are you actually identifying the things that are slowing you down? Yeah. And do you have the authority and the ability to remove those things or change those things along the way? And then S stands for synergy, which is just identifying your wins. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, which by the way, subjectively, what I find is this: is that every single time I'm working with a team, I ask, hey, identify your wins and. Mm-hmm. You start off with kind of crickets a little bit, right? I uh, work uh, with a leader is like, Hey, tell me about your wins this week. Yep. Wins are so subjective because we want the swing for the fence wins. We want mm-hmm. the ones where we knocked it out of the park, but organizationally, um, we have to understand that even the small shifts right. have huge implications. Yeah. You know, um, I'm reading this book, uh, atomic habits again. Yep. I don't know if you guys have ever read oh, yeah, this, yeah. but he talks about just the idea of like, you know, just shifting some of your leadership principles, even just one degree, you know, if your plane is taken off from, from LA going to New York, you could end up in Washington, DC just by shifting a small, a small degree. So, um, so again, so synergy, what are the wins and then what are you doing to celebrate yourself and celebrate your team and building that celebration culture in, even if the wins aren't that like astronomic, but Mm -hmm. it's just, again, we, we stuck to the blueprint. Let's go, you know? yeah,
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You know, I, the concept of empathy is, is really important in team dynamics. What, one contra- uh, contributing factor to a toxic workplace, I think, uh, is employees not feeling valued in who they are and the contribution that they make uh, to the team. What kind of things can leaders um, uh, do to provide a good and healthy environment for, for their team where they feel appreciated, they feel valued?
2: you know, it's not just about providing things to make people feel something because at the end of the day, the only thing that people will remember is how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really is our posture. It's our attitude. It's these, you know, these four specific types of leadership, stylistic approaches you have, you have transactional, transformational, charismatic and yep. servant leadership, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, so, you know, within, within corporate America enterprise spaces, and even some bigger churches, like it seems like transactional and charismatic leadership are the ones that just happen really organically in order for us to push things forward in a fast way. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is, is that sometimes I'm not saying all the time, but I am saying sometimes by accident, we start to communicate the message that our systems and our strategies are more important than the people that are actually working with us. Yeah. And so when it comes to high levels of empathy, man, I tell you what, if you can figure out a way to make sure that every single person on your team understands that you're developing your systems and strategies so you can help them win. So you can help them become the best version of who they are instead of creating your systems and strategies for your people to serve. That in itself, Mm -hmm. that one little tweak and making sure that with your communication methodology and your value system internally, that will produce something, You know, um, Mm -hmm. whether that's you know, making sure that well, also too having realistic expectations for who's actually on your team and what type of, of results they can produce. Um, I can't tell you how many times that I've sat down and worked with leaders in which they actually will, they'll try to build their organization by design and then they'll hire somebody for a very specific position, but they might be underqualified. They might not necessarily have the experience to do it, but there's something that they actually can do. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. You know? mm. So finding out what's that secret superpower that exists within your team yep. and then figuring out a way for that person to come to life and use something that actually brings them life within your organization. Yeah.
1: Practically, what are some ways leaders can do that? How can, what are some of the things that they could be integrating into their calendars to show that appreciation to help their team discover their superpowers? That's great. You know, the, I, I, when I talk about like some
2: change catalysts or catalysts Mm -hmm. for big opportunities, you know, I think it comes down to these three specific things. So um, the first one is mass, Mm -hmm. you know, creating opportunities in which you get everybody together, whether that's via zoom digital or whatnot, but making sure that you create opportunities to where everybody's in the room and feeling one another and they know each other. So creating familiarity amongst the mass. That's a big deal. Um, the reason why that's a big deal is because if even if I'm meeting with you one-on-one and, and we're going through our project management or if, mm-hmm. if we're going through the vision scope of, of our organization, I'm going to be stuck to an, kind of an, an agenda no matter what just because that's just way one-on-one things type yeah. work out. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But by creating mass environments at times and just creating those moments, what you end up finding out, it might not necessarily be just on the one-on-one, but you might hear about it. Uh, you know, from the second or third party, think about it. When was the last time that you might've called somebody into your office or maybe had a meeting and you said this to them, Hey, I want to get together with to, with you today about this because I heard that you are a phenomenal guitar player and I didn't know that about you yeah. um, or something like yeah. that. Right. So the things that happen in mass environments are so important. The second part about it is your, is your communication and your content. Mm-hmm. So mass plus communication and content, making sure that you're consistently keeping your values and your vision and your mission in front of your people uh, and your team members to where it's almost becomes just something that's repeatable. That's something that you can uh, rolls off everybody's tongue and off of everybody's hearts. But then that third part is just the cadence. Uh, How often are you creating these moments and they don't have to be big moments. They could be five minute moments weekly, or they could be, you know, every month you know having having a bigger mm-hmm. thing but this mass plus content times cadence really creates an opportunity for discovery if you don't have these things in a place you're not going to get in a rhythm of instituting yeah. any type of familiarity or any type of change within your team
0: yeah that's so good um, you you tweeted something uh, that actually was pretty inspirational uh, I felt you you said I've never met a senior leader or any leader that uh, excelled at building teams without excelling at true authentic relationships first. And I want to dive, dive into the concept of authentic relationships. How can leaders be more intentional with that kind of, um, dynamic?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I struggle a little bit on a couple of different things because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm certified with a couple of different assessments and I get super geeked out and finding people's Enneagrams and their Myers-Briggs, yeah. their disc yeah. profiles and all that stuff, <laughs> because when it comes to being an authentic leader, you know, you being an authentic leader or Michael, or you mm-hmm. being an authentic leader within your space, it's going to look differently because authentically you're just different people. Sure. Mm-hmm. But the way that we take care and we show interest in the people that are on our teams really is a, it's, it's a difference maker in, in how your team will perform. You know, some of the best pastors that I, that I work with, I love that they make sure that they're the kids of the people that are on their teams mm. are a high priority you know that they really make sure that they know their names they know their birthdays they're sending out a $5 you know right. gift card every every year or whatever mm-hmm. or they create environments on the weekends specifically for staff kids mm-hmm. um, but in in enterprise space i'm seeing some other things as well i'm seeing things you know to where they um, to where they're doing some like Friday night fun nights for, for, for everybody. That's not yeah. just the employee, but the whole family yep. uh, doing some things that offer more flexibility when it comes to really making sure that you're valuing family dynamic over uh, workplace performance. Um, so there's a,
1: there's a couple of things. I hope that a- answers yeah. some of your oh, yeah. questions. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it ties into this concept. You also talk a lot about about um, emotional energy and realizing that you get to control who has access to your emotional energy and how you set that up. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this? Where did you start talking about this concept and how is it so important for leaderships to reach that authentic point like you're talking about?
2: Yeah, so I grew up um, in, a, in a family that was broken but wasn't uh, broken from the outside looking in you know just cuz my parents weren't divorced didn't mean that they you know, it was a healthy marriage
1: right.
2: and um i was just kind of given this idea that you know uh, I, you might have heard the saying that says that you become the f- the sum average of the five loudest voices in your life mm. and i just kind of assumed from early childhood that i just needed to accept that you know that the people that were in my life they were there and I just kind of had to live with it. And so my identity and my values and everything it, what it ended up creating was a very young person who was incredibly insecure and embarrassed and somewhat humiliated for the, for the majority of my childhood. And it wasn't until I started to make some shifts to where I, you know, I had that moment that kind of like, okay, enough's enough, you Mm -hmm, know, like it's time to move forward. I had some transformational experiences in my faith and also in my friendship circles to where I started to go, you know what, If I want to be a better dad, I'm going to surround myself with somebody who's just an absolute awesome dad. Mm -hmm. If I want to be better with my finances, I'm going to surround myself with people who are great with finances. If I'm going to, you know, be great, uh, a great pastor, a great leader, a great husband, etc., I'm going to surround myself with the right people. Now, this ties into this emotional energy part of it because one of the things that led towards me um, having some of these aha moments that I was recognizing man, I have a lot of people around me that are stealing emotional energy and they don't deserve it. Mm, Um, you know, the, the urgent energy that they bring to the table, you know, even as you know, there's some senior leaders that I've worked with specifically directly, just because it's urgent for you and because you didn't put a priority on it, it's not an emergency for me. Yes. And so kind of putting those protective guards around your heart a bit of just understanding is that you have to be okay with deciding who gets that emotional energy from you versus what do you reserve for the things that are the most important to you?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So great. So grateful for this conversation. We're going to we're going to close it out and move into our fire round and, and just ask a few quick questions surrounding kind of everything that we've discussed. And, and of course, just just want your gut answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to grab a few uh, practical and applicable pieces of advice for uh, uh, from your experiences for all of our listeners. So, Michael, asked the first. We'll just ask three quick questions.
1: Love it. Love it. First one right off the bat. So how can leaders build self-confidence in them for themselves?
2: Um, making sure that you, 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 uh, you commit to your daily rhythms and your daily disciplines, uh, again, your daily disciplines will determine the outcomes that happen within your life. And there's nothing more powerful than actually seeing the outcomes of your life built with intentionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that that's my answer on that one. Right. Uh, what are the, what, what would you say are the top three qualities of an empowering leader? Uh, an empowering leader, somebody who is, uh, high levels of trust, High levels of approachability and high levels of teachability mm-hmm. would be my three top three.
1: If there's one thing that a leader could improve upon in their lives without you don't know anything about them right off the bat, any leader across the board right now, what's that one thing that if they could just get one percent better at, it would make all the difference for them?
2: Making sure that they're not chasing things that's not meant for them in the first place.
1: Mm-hmm. Ah, Love so it. Good. Well, Michael we want to thank
0: you for joining us today on framework leadership just grateful for your insight your wisdom uh, and, and so much of, of it out of your experience and uh, and we're so thankful if you want to stay up to date with Michael you can follow him on Twitter and LinkedIn at Michael King jr. and at teams.coach uh, that's on Facebook and
2: Instagram any any other place they can find your material or your uh, a resource? Yeah, we have free resources. My The name of my company is also our website, teams.coach. Okay. And feel free to direct message me there, and uh, I'll be more than happy to hop on a call and have a conversation with you as well.
0: Excellent. Thank you again for joining us today. Great conversation. Yeah, thank you so much
2: for having me, guys. All right.
1: Uh, for more leadership content, check us out on Instagram at Kent underscore Engel, at Dr. Michael Steiner, or if you're on Twitter at Kent Engel. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, now would be a great time to hit that uh, subscribe button, hit that like button so you get more incredible leadership conversations into your YouTube feed every single week. You can also visit our website, Kent_ingle.com, Subscribe to our weekly newsletter. A lot of incredible leadership content, articles, book recommendations, blog posts from Dr. Ingle. It's right into your Box every single week. And it's beautiful. Shout out to the PR team that takes care of that. You guys do a great job. Thank you all so much for listening to Framework Leadership. Take care, everybody.